Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the podcast for Another Woman's Story. This is your host, Cheryl, and today we have a special guest by the name of T. She's going to um, share her experience, and we're going to discuss a few things, as always, to um, enlighten our audience on the effects and or the uh, symptoms of domestic violence. Um, again, as always, I like to remind you that if you are in an unsafe uh, position, if you need help, if you need counseling, if you need to talk to someone, please contact the number at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. With that, we'll get started. Uh, welcome, T, this morning. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your story with Another Woman's Story. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Very good. Very good. So I wanted to um, talk a little bit about who you are. Um, let's start from the beginning. Um, and you just feel free to share whatever you'd like to share in this time. Okay. Um, well, I'm T. I've been married to my husband over 30 years. Um, we have seven children and we are now in the um, process of adopting two more. Um, wow. Well, actually, we have more than seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay, so that'll be eleven. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so um, the last four, um, they're 15, 13, 10, and almost seven. So, kind of having a second set of family. Um, and we do foster 10 other children, so we're pretty busy. Wow. Yeah, that's, um, our ministry is what the Lord called us to do. Okay. So how do you say, or how would, what would you say, what was your first uh, encounter with domestic violence, uh, either through your own personal experience or um, with someone else? Okay, so I became aware of domestic violence when I was younger. I think I was around, I want to say 11 or 12, and um, my mom used to take in women and their children. At that point, we didn't really know you know, what domestic violence was, I would just know that um, the wife or the wife and children would be interviewed, so she would kind of let them hide out. And um, it's funny because I feel like I did the same thing as time went on. I became really aware of it when I had some relatives that were getting abused by their husbands. And I remember sitting in the emergency hospital thinking about what I was going to tell the judge that this man push my relative down the stairs, hit her in the mouth, you know, just practicing what I was going to say to the judge because wow. I felt like I had to tell the truth about what I saw. And then um, when I was a senior in high school, we had to do a paper um, in our English class to graduate, and I chose domestic violence. And I read this book. It had four true stories in it. And they were the most violent stories I'd ever read in my life. And... I remember thinking, I'm never going to be that woman. Um, the story that is two stories that stick out in my mind. One was where this lady, she did everything she could. Back then, you didn't have like, you know, cell phones or whatever. It was landlines. She couldn't afford one. She had a broken stick that was her protection from the person that was abusing her. Mm. And at the end of her story, he ended up coming to her home because she wasn't protected. And he took that broken stick and stuck it in her eye. Wow. So yeah, she ended up in the hospital and she lost her eye. Her name was Tracy. So it was a true story. And then another lady, 
her story stuck out was because she ended up killing her abuser and mm. she ended up going to jail behind being abused and she killed him so she ended up going to jail wow so in my mind i was never going to be that person and um i i was the person that if i'm driving down the street and i see a man hitting a woman or grabbing i'm that woman that's going to chase him down get his license plate call the police and i'm going to say something okay and i have been in those positions a few times i've had um you know friends and relatives that have been abused in front of me and yes i do step in wow and i remember um I guess it was last year, maybe the year before, when I was talking to a young lady. Um, and I realized I was in best domestic violence situation. When I was telling her what I witnessed, and then I started talking about myself, and I realized, man, I was in a domestic violence situation, though it was verbal. Wow. And, um, the only time the person put their hands on me was um, they grabbed me and was trying to throw me out the window. Mm. And I remember saying... Well, I grabbed him around his neck and I said he was coming with me. But I do remember that. And it was another time, like right before he moved out of the house, that he had put his hands on me. And um, um, I talk, called his mother and she told me to go lay on the couch and sleep with one eye open. But he had to leave the next day. Wow. But, you know, it was a lot of emotional abuse in that relationship. Within those five months, it was, I mean, it made me feel like I was nothing from being mm -hmm. a strong woman to feeling like I was nothing within five months. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so. That's amazing. So, so when you uh, experienced domestic violence, the time that you actually experienced, did other people know what was going on? Did you hide it? How did you manage during that, uh, during that season? The only time um, someone knew was my dad. And I told him the day that I told him he was leaving and I told him what had been going on. Okay. And he was. I didn't share with my mom because I felt like she probably would have tried to kill him. But um, I did tell my dad only because, you know, I had a little bit of fear of telling him he had to leave, and I didn't know how he was going to leave or anything okay. like that. And so he was the only person that actually knew. And his mother, she knew because she experienced domestic violence from his father. Okay. So she did know what was going on, and so she was kind of that person that was kind of, you know, helping me through. So when you first met this person, did any of those signs show up? Were there signs that you missed? Uh, hmm. Was there anything that you didn't see? That's funny because um, now I'm thinking about this. Yes, it was, but I just didn't think it was going to happen to me. I remember the first week we were going to go and meet his father and his sister did something and he punched her in the chest like she was a guy. And that just like blew me away. And I remember turning and saying to him when we got back in the car, I said, if you ever put your hands on me, don't ever talk to me again because we will never be together because I don't believe in men hitting women. Wow. And what's crazy is that happened throughout the relationship. A couple of times he put his hands on his, his sister and he was like, she's not a girl. But I mean, a soccer woman in her chest, it was, it was crazy. Wow. And the only time before we got married... He um, put his hands on me was um, he had punched his sister and she had purple and green bruises on her arms. And I was like, this is it. I'm not dealing with this. And at that time we had a child together. He was 10 months. And I told him I wasn't going to do this. I said, I can't believe you did this to your sister. And I remember him backing me up into the bathroom and putting his hands around my neck and choking me and saying, you will not leave me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, 
I called my friend and I said, come and get me. I remember walking out the house, walking the wrong direction. Because <laughs> you were just, yeah, wrong. Were like, you uh, afraid at that point? Um, or was it just a shock was, that he responded well, in that way? That he did that to me, but I, I was never afraid of him like that because um, I think when women go through domestic violence, you start thinking crazy thoughts. Like I had crazy thoughts throughout the relationship when we lived together those five months like I was thinking of ways that I could hurt him okay if he did something to me so that day when that happened I actually broke up with him that day that was it for me okay and I was like I'm we're not getting back together so we stayed broken up <clears throat> probably a, almost a year and um I don't know what can we went to go Christmas shopping for the baby and you know we had sex and i got pregnant again on the so, field so what do you think about uh the way your children responded to that how did they know uh what was going on you think okay so when we got married and when the oldest all this time i didn't know that he knew anything because you know i'm thinking they're asleep that night before he left he actually heard everything and he didn't tell me until he was 10 years old. I was on my way taking him to school and he told me the whole story and he said everything that was said. And it just blew me away because at that time he was four. Wow. So here he is 10 years old and he's regurgitating that whole event and I had no clue he knew. Wow. So in that moment, was he uh, happy that you, that his father left? Was he, how was he, how did he respond? You know, that. they had a, a very close relationship and um I don't know, I feel like their relationship was damaged. But um later on down the line when he was um a young adult, he did live with him for about two years or two and a half years. But they just never had a close relationship and like now their relationship is, you know, he'll send him cards and stuff like that, but they're not like they were when he was, you know, a little guy. Yeah. Wow, it's it's a it's really interesting the impact that our children have. What we don't, what we don't think they saw, mm -hmm. what we don't think they heard, and uh, then for them, like you said, to regurgitate that years later, yes. when all of this time uh, we probably could have had a conversation about it. Maybe mm -hmm. I never thought yeah. about having a conversation with my kids. I think we tried to keep living, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. it's not until something comes up that now it comes out yeah. so it's really interesting and their perspective is really interesting about what was actually happening mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and we did discuss it like oh, yeah I explained to him later and you know I have to thank God that he's not a violent person um, today he's married and has children um, but he's not that person he yeah turn out to be like that which is a blessing it is because of the domestic violence i have three boys and um well now i got five because i got two little ones but i talk a lot about why men shouldn't put their hands on women uh, my husband and i both tell them you know it's better to walk away remove yourself from the situation right wow. especially when children are involved absolutely and you know what it's really interesting uh to those of you who are listening actually um, Tanya was a safe haven for me uh, when I was going through uh, my situation where she actually housed my ex-husband. We were all friends. 
And, uh, you know, it was really an interesting time for me uh, with the kids and everything. So first, I want to thank you for everything that you did for us during that time. But um, I'm, I'm sure from that perspective, being connected to a person that was actually going through and having the actual perpetrator or abuser at your home had to have been uh, an interesting dynamic for you as well. Yeah, and actually, you know, I think when we took him in, it was just that we knew you had a restraining order. We didn't know the dynamics completely. Like, you know, we thought it was like, you know, just some heavy um, bickering or arguments. And I didn't find out what actually was going on until I actually took him to court so that you could um, have him say that you could leave the state with the children. And reading the documents, that's when I found out he was putting his hands on you. And yeah, that was really devastating for me. Right. And what's interesting for me uh when you say putting his hands on me really he had never put his hands on me but i didn't realize that spitting was a is considered a physical attack mm -hmm. uh and so that did happen um mm -hmm. and i can remember even being in the empowerment classes for those weeks mm -hmm. that i had to go um and thinking that emotional abuse was not emotional abuse. I just thought it was arguing, not mm -hmm. knowing that mental and verbal is just as damaging uh, as physical or sometimes even worse because those things linger on. And so it was really just uh, traumatic, I guess, really for all of us. Um, mm -hmm. And certainly, like you said, finding out later, I think part of uh, the stigma that's attached to women that are in situations is to not say uh, or they give you a piece of what's happening um, mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's because we as the people in the situation can't manage it or if we are not sure how the other person's going to respond once we tell mm -hmm. so I don't know that I felt that I just think that there were certain parts that I remembered in the moment and there's something about as time goes on you just kind of let those memories fade you know Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of times it's important in that situation when you're in it to move the first time, because I think the longer you stay, the more you ignore and or suppress, you know, what you're actually mm -hmm. dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, the reason none of us ever suspected anything like that between you and him was because you were always the happy, funny person you always had was the life of the party. You always kept us going at every gathering we had. And I told Kevin, I said, it's funny that um, we had no clue. And after I found out what was going on, and now when I look at the pictures, and you can see when you're looking off, like there is something there that's disturbing, but you would never know that, you know, interacting with you in person. Hmm. But if you look at the pictures, it's like, oh my goodness, you can see that. You can see that there was something disturbing there, but we never would would have known that, you know, just by the way you were when we were all interacting. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, so when we talk about uh, how to get out or why you got out, when you think about your own situation, what made you say, this is it, I'm done with your first marriage? What made you say enough is enough? I think because I didn't want to be 
the relatives or the people I read about or the women that used to come to my mom's home. And I made myself a promise that I'm not going to live like that because one thing that sticks in my mind is that if they do it once, they'll do it again. And mm. of course, within those couple of months, those five months that we lived together, he literally grabbed me, I could say three times. Yeah. And it was once at the window, once in the hallway. And one time he literally picked me up by my arms and threw me in my son's bed and at my arms I remember them being purple and I think I cried every day for two weeks it was horrible wow but I just didn't want to be that person and I just felt like if a person has to put their hands on you then it's no need for us to continue in this relationship and the one thing that he said because it was also um, emotional abuse too because he would say stuff like he wish he didn't marry me and he didn't really love me he just didn't want another man raising his kids that kind of stuff it was I mean it tore my heart out my chest because I couldn't believe what I was hearing right so I didn't want to be in it I did yeah. so when you left did you leave was he there when you left or did you get no. help or you waited till no, he left I had him leave <clears throat> I had him okay. leave Okay. He sat down and made a decision that he was going to go live with his dad. And that's what he did. Um, that next day after the last time he had um, grabbed my arms and, you know, told me he could kill me. Wow. <clears throat> and so once he left, he never tried to come back. He never, uh, did he ever try to chase you down? Were you ever worried that he would come back around or? Um, he did come back around, like to come pick the boys up you know on the weekends stuff like that and you know it was one time he tried to get in my business because um i think it was about maybe eight nine months down the line i had met somebody else and excuse me and i was talking to him and he popped up and mm. he was there and i just remember him doing something dumb like he walked into the room and pulled out a drawer and walked out with the drawer in his hand i was thinking why is he doing that but <laughs> It's a response, a response to do something, to show yeah. some control. Wow. So after that, um, you know, and then he had a girlfriend. I don't know why he acts like that, but he had a girlfriend. And um, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Just that yeah. emotional stuff. Because it was even one time we talked about getting back together. And <laughs> I remember being in that hour and we were at his mom's house and he said something crazy like he normally would. And I thought, I must be crazy thinking about getting back right. with you. <laughs> right. And I was like, I am done. No, yeah. no, this is not going to work. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I thank God for the strength that he gave me, you know, and having a supportive family, even his mom being supportive, you know, because she lived it for 17 years with his dad. Wow. So her being supportive, that helped me a lot. Absolutely. And my parents. Yeah. After my mom found out, yeah, it was good that my family was supportive because it's, it's tough being a single mom, having two children and, you know, trying to make it. So then after you left, did you get counseling? Did you have any, how did that work? Did, or have you just kind of um, done some introspective healing on your own and just worked your way through that? How did you, yeah. did you need anything after that? Well, I mean, I didn't get counseling. <clears throat> But I do think um, it affected me, you know, with other relationships down the line. Like, I didn't trust anybody and I didn't want to be in love anymore. Like, for me, in my mind, when I married him, it was like, okay, I was trying to have um, 
that good Christian marriage, like be the wife, you know, do the things a wife, I thought a wife was supposed to do as a Christian woman and a okay. mom and all that stuff. But it was tough trying to have a relationship because I just did not trust and not knowing that that relationship had a major effect on how I looked at relationships. I didn't get help. Um, I think when I started going to um, friendship, you know, they had a lot of classes that taught us a lot, like relationship wise, our relationship with the Lord, who we were. And then um, we had a marriage um, class that um, was about two and a half years, I think we attended. But just going through those classes, that stuff helped you understand where your flaws are and, you know, the things that you need to work on. So I think I did more like self-help through the word and just going to those types of classes and reading. It just helped me understand what relationships are supposed to really be like and what love really is. So would you recommend something of that nature after uh, going through something that traumatic, would you suggest, or would you, would you say that, either go through some type of counseling or get some self-help or to do anything post this traumatic you know experience would you suggest that someone that the person tries to get some level of uh you know something that makes sense i guess afterwards that would be considered counseling counseling or joining a group with other women who have recovered from the situation Okay. Because I feel like people need to hear the positive perspective of I'm out of it now. This is where my life is today. Because sometimes if it's women that are still going through, you're all still going through. So if no one's out of it, it's almost like it's hopeless if you're sitting around those type of people. But if you're around people who have been through it and they're out and their life is good now. Yeah. And they can help you see that there is hope at the end right that's good I would say that um yeah I just think we were just at a very good church (laughs) and it was a teaching church so absolutely we had some awesome um what is it what do you what do we call those um education ministry ministers or whatever they, they just had the best classes for us to help ourselves and you know you learn to love yourself and just how to deal with people. I mean, I can think of all those classes I had. It taught me, first of all, how to have a relationship with the Lord, but it also taught you how to have healthy relationships with people, period, whether it was with a, you know, a, a friend as a girl or, um, you know, with a, a man. Okay. So, so that's, that's very important. So if you had to say, if you had to offer three things, words of wisdom to someone who's currently in the situation words of wisdom or encouragement to someone who has recently uh left the situation or words of encouragement to someone who's been out of the situation for a while what could you what would you offer i would um say for the person that um needs to get out that you need to get out you need to seek they have all types of organizations now that help women with children or without um they need to get out of the situation you need to get immediate help and yes you have fear especially if it's a woman who doesn't have um 
any skills to take care of themselves or whatever because I feel like abusers suppress and they stop women from doing things outside the home because it's that control issue but you know there's too many programs out here now that can help women get educated or give them some type of life skill to help them make money to take care of themselves and their children um what was it you said it was something what was the second question someone that is just recently um left a domestic violence situation and don't go back do not Hmm. go back i don't care what they say to you i don't care how good it sounds they're not going to change just because they're telling you this what it is they want to have you back they want to continue to control you you going back will make it worse because they somebody could get killed and it usually is the woman so it would be best or the abused person i should say because there are men being abused too um it would be best never to go back okay and for someone who is been out for however long they've been out for a little bit what would you how would you encourage them Uh, make sure that you are changing who you are because what I've learned about people we attract the same type of people if we don't change who we are so I would say look at yourself see what it is that causes you to attract these type of men especially if you've been in you know one relationship after the other and they were all somewhat abusive in some type of manner you need to change yourself so you got to look at self and see what it is about you that you need to change very good very good information i want to uh thank you for um your time obviously and uh your love and support um if you had anything else that you wanted to say or you wanted to ask or do you have anything else that you want to say in closing um no um of course for me put god first (laughs) yeah and um you know i encourage people to seek a relationship you know with the lord because that's your strength and he really does help us get through everything and something you used to always say and i say it to this day and i tell other people is we always pray for god to give us a peace of mind and to me that is so important to have a peace of mind because or keep you in your right mind right um because when you're in your right mind you can make the right decisions and for you because you always pray that prayer the lord help you get out of your situation and you did it in a manner that i mean i don't even know if i could have did what you did but it was just a blessing to see how god worked that out and it was because you were in your right mind and you planned everything out and god allowed it to go smoothly for you yep I, i i appreciate that and i will certainly um be in touch because we're going to be doing a few more things with uh, another woman's story and uh, we plan to expand and possibly even get a conference setting where we can have different speakers so i definitely appreciate everything that you've contributed to the conversation today and we'll certainly be in touch all right you're welcome thank you so much you're welcome have a wonderful day all right bye-bye okay bye-bye Wow, thank you so much, T, for that conversation. It was enlightening. And for anyone who is dealing with the effects of domestic violence, either as a survivor, as someone who is currently dealing with the 
the situation, please contact 1-800-799-SAFE where there's someone 24 hours a day, seven days a week to assist you and walk you through the process. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. And until next time, have a wonderful day.